Hey guys, it's RJ and Angie, and this is the Rich by Intention podcast. Hey babe, what's going on? Oh man, nothing. It's been a good day. Our daughter had her first swimming lesson today. Oh yeah, forgot she learned how to swim. You know, I still don't know how to swim. Don't judge me. I mean, you know that, but the people don't know that. I still learn how to swim. I could swim for like about maybe like three to five minutes, but I still got to learn how to float. Yes, yes. Our daughter, that's, I guess, why we're teaching our daughter early on so that, you know, she doesn't, (laughs) she has the skills early, you know, and she did so good today. I was so proud of her. She was very brave and she was just a champ out there. She did everything that the instructor asked her to do and some, you know. Yeah, no, she's, you know, Michael Phelps, you know, toddlers. Yep, she loved it. So that was like the highlight of my day today. How about you? How are you doing? I'm good. I'm happy that we're about to hit 100 episodes, right? We launched the podcast two years ago. I don't know where the time went, but we finally are approaching 100, 100 episodes of Rich My Intention. So thank you guys. Can't wait for that 100 episode. Yes. No, no. Thank you. Like it's, oh my gosh, I can't even believe it either. It's been two years and a hundred, almost a hundred episodes in. I'm proud of us. Yes. And proud of the listeners for just hanging out with us for two years. Yep. 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 So for today's episode, we wanted to bring it back to a topic that, you know, we kind of highlighted on the podcast, which is, as you guys may know, we recently purchased our first home, our first primary home for our family. And we wanted to talk about the steps that we took, that we took to purchase our first home. Yep. You know, so this is a huge milestone, right? In a lot of lives, right? Buying your first home and especially during this climate, right? Where a lot of millennials are having a hard time purchasing homes, right? Yeah. So we wanted to just share what we did and we hope that it helps you guys on your home buying journey. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So... Buying my first home was, you know, amazing milestone in our lives, but we had to start somewhere to even like start, you know, start building towards the home. So it was a major milestone for us. But babe, like where was the, what was the first thing that we did? So I would say the first thing that we did before we even thought about buying a home was we paid down our debt. And I think that's very important, right? Because you need to have your financial house in order before you even think to purchase a house because a mortgage is just another expense, another burden, right? And you want to have, you know, I'll say this, I'll say not having the burden of debt or six-figure debt rather in our, as a line item in our budget, freed up so much money for us, right? How much were you paying each month for your student loans? Thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars $1,300. or $1,400 a month. Mm -hmm. That is a mortgage payment and some, right? Right? Don't remind me. I know. I cried nice. So I think freeing up that money so that we can allocate it elsewhere in our budget was monumental for us and expedited our home buying journey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our story, as everyone knows, is we did not want to have all this debt in our marriage. So, you know, the first thing when we got married, we decided to pay off off this debt because obviously we wanted to, you know, eventually start a family and buy a home. Yeah. Right. So we got rid of our student loan debt. And then from there, we was like, okay, we paid it off. We decided that we wanted to start saving towards a home. 
Yep. Yep. We definitely, I definitely think just having a plan, right? So like a lot of millennials, a lot of people our age, you know, it's almost impossible, right? To pay down like six figures of debt, right? But I think it's important to have a plan and have a payoff date in mind of when you're going to be able to pay it off, right? And assess the numbers within your budget, right? Like if you are in debt and you're thinking about buying a home, then you really need to sit down with your budget run the numbers, right? And we're going to talk a little bit more about running the numbers and what you need to do to make sure that a mortgage payment fits within your budget. But having a plan to pay off your debt, actively paying it down is super important so that you're able to free up cash for your house. And I'll even add this, right? It's important to have extra cash around when you're buying a house because once you buy a house and you're no longer renting, anything that goes wrong in that house is on you. It's no longer the landlord's responsibility, right? Yep, no more... Hey, refrigerator stopped running. We exactly. HVAC, no AC. HVAC. I got the door. Door won't open. I yeah, mean, lock Like, I mean, everything. Like the the great thing about us when we were renting, like we didn't have to worry about. We didn't that, worry about right? nothing. Shoveling nothing. snow, mowing lawns, nothing. Anything. But when you buy a house, that all everything becomes your responsibility. Your responsibility. So having extra cash in your emergency fund is so important. Yeah, there is a. Uh, house tax besides the tax that you're actually paying there's a house tax where you have more labor that you have to do once you own your home so you know that's something to keep in mind What's but, the house tax can you explain that what do you mean well no i was saying like you pay taxes on your house but there also is a house tax physical house tax that you have to pay because you're doing more manual labor versus when so you're you don't renting. have to actually pay it it's just saying like you're going to spend more time doing things yep. around your yeah. house so it's like you're paying a time tax yes Time tax. <laughs> House time tax. Yes. And so so that's the first thing. Get your finances in order. Make sure you're paying down your debt um, so you can free up cash yeah, in your I, budget. Yeah. And it's just more, yeah, the financial house need to be in order. So, and you just need to know where you are, like from a financial standpoint, before you even like start to be like, oh, I just want to get this house. Yeah. So next thing is number two, I'd say. So have a plan to pay down debt is number one. You need to, number two is you need to be following a written budget, right? Like that is something that we did. That's something we still do to this day. The written budget helped us to see, you know, helped us to really figure out how much house we could afford, right? So we played with our numbers based on on what we were paying for our rent. We could kind of assess, okay, how much more could we go up, right? or down, (laughs) you know, but mostly up because home prices are crazy, you know, so how much could we actually afford within our budget? How much mortgage could we actually afford? And the rule that we used for that to assess how much mortgage we could actually afford on a monthly basis was the 25% rule. Do you want to break down that rule? Yeah. So basically for a lot of people, right? Your home or your rent or or whatever is usually the highest expense item that you have. But the 25% rule simply is just your net income, 25% of that should be allocated for your home. Should, you can, for us, I think 25 to the 30% makes sense, but you shouldn't go higher than that, right? Because you need additional money to invest, to save, to accomplish your other goals, and everyday life. So you don't want it to be as high as maybe what the banks may tell you that you should be spending on your... Yeah, I think some banks say, first of all, a lot of these banks, when you go to like these mortgage calculators, they base it on your gross income. 
right? And we all know your gross income is not what you take home, right? Yeah, it makes me think of like the spinach meme where like spinach is all full and full of life when you buy it. And then when you cook it, it's like really, really small. So down to nothing. So using your net income for all of these calculations, it's more conservative and will put you in the better, put you in the better financially, will put you financially in a better position if you use the net income versus the gross. Yes. I definitely recommend using net income when you're trying to assess how much house you can actually afford, how much mortgage payment you can afford. Okay, so that was number two. Make sure you're following written budget and make sure that your mortgage payment aligns with that written budget. Okay, so what did we do next? Number three, once we pay down our debt, mm-hmm. once we were following our written budget and assessed how much mortgage we could actually afford, right? how much house we could actually afford, which was 25 to 30% of our net income, we needed to save a down payment. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. You need one. <laughs> so we decided that we needed, you know, after we assessed how much house we could actually afford, we're like, okay, so this is the number. What was that number actually for the down payment? For us, we wanted to hit the 20% mark for down payment. And the rationale behind that is so that we would not have to pay a PMI, which is a private mortgage insurance. And anytime that you're below the 20% number for your down payment, you have to pay this PMI as another line item. Yeah. So basically we didn't want to add another expense to our budget, right? Mm -hmm. So our goal was to really save that 20% down payment and some, right? We wanted to stack up as much as we could. So we were, after we got off our debt, we, we became debt free. We were still moving as if, you know, we were just stacking up and living bare bones so that we can stack up enough money, right? After we paid off debt so we can eventually buy a house. Mind you, we had no house on the horizon, right? Like we Mm -hmm. were just stacking for the sake of stacking that we knew eventually one day we would want to buy a house. So let's just do as much as we can right now to save that 20% down based on what we assessed, you know, we could afford for a house, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I think even with the down payment, right? Like a lot of times people just focus on that 20%, but you know, it's so important to even save and some, like I said before, because there's closing costs, yes, right? Associated with buying a house. And, you know, I think it's important to, you need your 20% plus, I don't know. Well, the average is probably like three three to 5% in terms of closing costs of the purchase price. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking about buying a home, that's an added expense that you have to take into yes. consideration. But also, you know, not everyone can do the 20%. Some people do more, some people do less, but there are other loans out there, right? FHA is one another one that comes to mind that you have where you're able to put three and a half percent down. So you have to talk to different banks or mortgage providers to learn more about other different types of mortgage. Mortgages, right? Because there's a 15-year, there's a 30-year, there's so many other type of loans. So really make sure that you do your research. I think that's very important to research different types of loans that you can have, different realtors as well. Okay. So we saved a down payment. So we paid off debt. We were following a budget. We assessed how much house we could afford. We saved a down payment. So what was next? I think one of the most important steps that we took was saving an emergency fund. For our house. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of times people go into purchasing a home 
with just the down payment in mind. But like we said earlier, there's so many other costs associated with home ownership that many of us just don't think of, right? So those repairs that you might have to make to the home before you can even move in, those unexpected emergencies that might happen with the house that you need to fix. And so I think it's important to have an emergency fund in place for your house. So, you know, we always encourage our listeners to have an emergency fund, but if you're purchasing a house, it might be time to build up that emergency fund even more. And so we like to say, you know, have at least six months of, you know, emergency savings, right? Before purchasing a house. I think that's an important step. But if you can even go a little little further and have seven months, eight months, nine months, a year of emergency fund of just money that you can use for your family to ride whatever waves or emergencies might come your way. Right. Yeah. And just to add to that. Right. Obviously, if you have children, you may even want to add even more to that. If you don't have children, maybe less. But you know, you want to be around that six months and really think about that because when, when you save for your down payment, right, all of that money is going towards the home. You do not get that money to, to save or spend. So like if your emergency fund is included in that, if your home have any issues, if you get laid off, if you get fired, if, you know, there's a, a medical emergency, you've just depleted all of your excess cash and put into the home. So you really want to make sure that you have emergency fund just in case, because you don't know what could happen. I think for us, you know, us having emergency fund allowed us to continue to, you know. Well, I'll use my story, right? Yep. I got laid off from my job in the process of us buying a house. Yep. Right. And it, if we didn't have that emergency fund in place, because the first few months we were living in our house, we were on one income, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's so important just to have those reserves. So God forbid, if you do need to tap into it, you know, you have that cushion, right? You're not stressed out, you know, being a new homeowner. Yes, because um, buying a home in itself is stressful. And, you know, the last thing you want is to add even more stress to that and not be able to provide. Yeah, I definitely think- Or put yourself into more debt in yes, addition you do to not want to put your yourself mortgage. into more debt, li- more debt, living on credit cards, putting things on credit cards. You know, we don't want that for you <laughs> at all. And so it's like, put yourself in the best position when you are purchasing a home. So yeah, I would say after we paid down our debt, we were following written budget, assessed how much house we could afford. Yep. We saved up a 20% down payment yep. and some, right? After we saved an emergency fund. Yep. The next thing that we did, which is actually one of the most important things we did, and I I just commend you for Who? for all you all Who the commend? effort you did. Oh me for okay. this next step because yes. I don't think a lot a lot of people miss this. They don't do it. They don't do the due diligence, right? Yeah. And you did this. So the next thing that we want you to do. <laughs> or we encourage others to do or that we did rather. I won't even say that yeah. that we did and, and was we shopped around for our interest rate. Right. And can you just give our listeners the background about the, the climate, the well, economic climate we were no, in with interest I, rates? When I'll we talk our home? as everyone knows, interest rates skyrocketed, right? It was when, when did they skyrocket? They skyrocketed all, all was it all of 2020. Two. Two. Yeah. From March 2022 all the way to 
This is June, right? June of 2023. And they skyrocketed, right? Yeah. And it brought me a lot of anxiety, brought me so much anxiety what rates were increasing and we were buying a home. Yeah. So and we were shopping for our house in March of last year. Right. And, you know, we do you guys remember the the anxiety inducing, you know, media coverage of the Fed, right? The Federal Reserve. Yeah. The Federal Reserve just raising interest rates month after month after month. And so it was very like just nerve wracking. Right. You know, and we were like, oh, my gosh, if if the interest rate gets to this, then our mortgage payment is going to be so much higher and outside of our budget. Right. So what were interest rates like what at the peak? At the peak? Yeah. Seven percent. Seven percent. Can you imagine? It's probably I'm not. So so how much more money, like how much hundreds of dollars more on a mortgage could that possibly be? No, it's going to add hundreds. I mean, we saw that the payments were, you know, close to 50 percent higher from before before March of 2021. So people payments skyrocketed, right? Skyrocketed. And that was obviously would increase with appreciation of homes along with interest rates. So during this time, I was like nervous because I didn't know where interest rates would end. Right. Mm-hmm. And for us, we were looking to buy a home, a new home. Right. So we were trying to, you know, time it, figure out what was what was. So going what to. was the critical step that you took when you saw interest rates were rising? Essentially, I, I, I went to every local bank, big bank and medium sized bank and compared rates. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what I end up doing is getting a mortgage estimator from each bank, and I got them to compete for my business for our business. How, what do you mean? How did you do that? So they give. So when you get pre-approved, right? You get pre-approved. They'll give you estimate estimation of your a mortgage that they can provide to you, right? And you can take that estimate that they give you, and you can shop it around to other providers, right? And some of them will match it, some of them won't, but that puts you in a better predicament than just taking the first offer that you have because all of these banks want to compete for your business. So it sounds like what we always encourage our listeners to do, and that's like negotiate. Yes. So you can negotiate interest rates, right? By reaching out to other banks, getting comparables and yep. bringing it back to another bank and yeah. saying, hey, this company is offering me this. Can you match it? Yes, exactly. Exactly. No different than if I would say when you shop for a car, if one car is selling a car for, you know, let's say it's 10,000 and another car selling the same car for 9,000, you could say, hey, this other car is car dealership is selling something for 9,000. Can you match it? Right. And that's what you do. Right. Let's say they say you found a mortgage for 5% at XYZ Bank. You could take it to ABC Bank and be like, hey, they're offering 5%. Can you match it? Now, a lot of this is all determined on what your credit score is, right? So, you know, it's very important that you manage and take care of your credit before when you're starting this process of thinking of buying a home, because your credit will dictate your credit score will dictate, you know, the most competitive rates that you can get. And since rates have increased so much, it's so it's even more important to make sure your credit's in good terms and good standings because it'll be higher than what it's been over the last decade. And I think that's a step that a lot of people probably don't do, right? Because it is an extra step, right? Just to call different mortgage lenders and say, hey, 
Ten years oh no, it's a job. Right. It's, it's a job. job. It's yeah. a job, right? It's almost like but it's an important one because it you'll save money. <laughs> yeah, I would compare it to like when you're looking for a job, right? You got to do these applications, you, you got to speak with a mortgage person, and you're going back and forth and negotiating, right? It's a, a, a mini job hiring type of field when you're doing this process. So but it's just be prepared. Step. Yeah, because you'll save yourself thousands of dollars over the long term by getting the lowest possible yes. mortgage rate. And we were rate. able to secure a rate under 5%. Under 5% mm-hmm. when rates were increasing every single month, yes. right? So that was just so good and it fit and you know we were able to still maintain our budget. Yep. So okay. So what was next after that? So we just to run down the list again, we paid down our debt. Yep. We were following written budget. Yep. Got our finances in order, right? That was following written budget. Got our finances in order. Figured out how much house we could afford yep. and put it in our budget. We saved a down payment on our house. We saved an emergency fund yep. and some, right, yep. for our house. And we shopped around for in, for interest for a lower interest rate. Yep. So, what is one last piece of advice you would give listeners who are interested in purchasing a home. What's that one last thing? Yes. When you're looking for a realtor, don't go with just the first one that you that you meet, right? I would talk to multiple realtors to see who has your best interest, who knows the area, who can help you, who's understanding exactly what you're looking for, because this is a major life decision. It's, it's important that you find the right realtor for you and your family. And just one last thing I would also add is, you know, when you're buying a home, make sure you get an inspection. Never waive that. Get inspected because they're the ones who can save you a lot of pain if you buy a home without a mortgage. Like a lot of people have done that. And I don't think that's the best thing to do. So make sure you get an inspection. Yeah, no, I think this is sound advice. Like, and these are the steps that we took, guys. Again, do your own research, follow, you know, your own intuition about what you need to do to purchase a home. But these are the steps that helped us that we feel put us in a good position to be first time home buyers. So, you know, I really think just the summary to summarize all of this is get your financial house in order. Make sure you're following written budget. Make sure you have an emergency fund and do your best to save as much as possible for a down payment on your house. Yep. And research banks and research realtors and really focus on what's most important to you and your goals. Make sure it's within your budget. Yeah. So you guys, yeah, this this is what we did to buy our first house. Yeah. So how do you feel about buying a home? Because you were nervous before, right? So how do you feel now that you actually? I mean, I think we put ourselves in a good position. I think that's my thing. I like to be on the conservative side. I like that we had an emergency fund saved, Mm -hmm. which is so important. I was just going to say, I think those are the things that made me feel more secure, right? Because everything's on us now. And I'm so used to renting. (laughs) You know, it's very comfortable renting and, you know, being able to call up the landlord and not even, you know, obviously respect our home, right? But you know, now you want to be very extra cautious with how you handle things in your house, right? Like you want to make sure, you know, you can maintain the beauty of your home for as long as possible. Whereas renting, you're like, eh, you know, well, not that we, 
mess up our house. Yeah, right? but like we put holes in the wall. Like, yeah, oh, we don't own it. We don't care. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like you're. Yeah, no, yeah, cautious. yeah. We yeah. think about everything that we do. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, this is this is silly, but like flushable wipes. You know, like we have a daughter, and you know she uses regular wipes, right? But now that we're homeowners, we need to get those flushable wipes. Yep. We are not messing up our pipes. Or, or for <laughs> me, like in our previous apartment, like. You know, you want me to hang curtains and all these different things. Oh. And I have multiple holes, Nail right? Holes, right. And oh I'll be like, gosh. but in this house, it's just like, like, we need it to be, I, I need to get it right the first time. So yes. it's like measure twice, not twice, three times before you put another hole in this wall. So, yes. so yeah, we're really, you know, conscious of everything that we do in this house because we own it. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, it's a beautiful thing and it's yeah, we a love beautiful goal that we've had for our family in this great that we were able to add this to the list of um, our financial bucket list, which was buying our, our first primary home. So, you know, and I'm glad that we could do this together as a team. So, yep, me too. Hope you guys got some knowledge from our steps that we took. And we really appreciate you for listening to another episode of Rich by Intention. We're approaching 100 episodes. Thank you for the support. And we out. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and inspiration. 